0: It's a time that we get to study, again, the return to the Exodus story. The Haggadah is very different than the Passover story written within this chapter. There are actually several Passover stories within the Passover story. So what I wanted to begin was just uh, returning now. We're in Exodus chapter 12 um, in either the... uh, Lieber Chumash, the Eitz Chaim, or the Green Chumashim. So we're respectively page 363 or page 380. And so what I wanted to set up for a moment, we're going to be reading actually the first maybe 30 verses before it returns to the narrative. Uh, Because the Haggadah is about a story. Um, It was so interesting uh, just uh, on Wednesday night. We had panelists speaking about anti-Semitism and some of the difficulties of being a young college uh, student on campus. And what it kept returning to was stories, uh, these individual stories, the individual challenges. um, While talking about the alphabet soup of college life and some of the political challenges of some of the movements, uh, BDS, and other organizations that uh, some are supportive, some are critical, of both israel and judaism um yeah,
1: it, was just an awesome
0: night. it was a really powerful evening but i what i wanted to say was the i think why it was awesome and in reflection of your own passover seders is it had both a kind of macro experience of trying to lay out the groundwork for those that uh, were unfamiliar but the narrative, the haggadah, that personal sharing from both the student and then a young kind of post-student, and then from the two directors of Hillel and Jewish life. That combination You were there.
1: You, were.
0: you really were there. And I think this is what our Torah does as we turn now to this story, which is I believe in the historical kind of editorial process that has we woven together a historical story with a redactor that's trying to reset kind of the calendar of the Jewish people and take two major themes. What I hope to get to today is show you how Pasach, which was the lamb itself, was the centerpiece of the ritual for the family. And matzot which was at the Exodus time of the biblical period, less important that in the retelling of the story, the Matzot becomes the essential and Pasach moves from a noun, meaning the Paschal lamb, to a verb, to Passover, which is the irony that many of you have asked me and mentioned, uh, why are we eating lamb tonight? Why are we eating lamb tonight? And we could talk about that. Uh, There are many reasons why we don't eat lamb, but why matzah is so important. And that's where I want to end. Why matzah has taken the kind of uh, premier place within the Exodus as a narrative marker, as a narrative marker. So let's return now to uh, chapter 12 and uh, what it's so powerful when it says, Vayomer Adonai El Moshe What do you think if you're a writer for those that are writers what is that first line really telling you trying to get you to situate you to set this chapter uh, in a narrative context
2: I'm struck by the first and last words.
0: Va'yomer.
2: Right, but it's there twice, and not in the English translation. Okay, oh, yeah. so, so it's a real telling.
0: Well, so there, Le'mor is saying, mm-hmm. and God spoke to Moses, Va'yomer el Moshe saying, "What does it mean that this is both a dictate and the jargon of saying?" This is an ongoing process. I will tell you this day, telling you, I told you I'm telling you, we're continually saying this. And so therefore it's in context, but it's also out of context. Because just know right before this, this is the 10th plague. Yeah, we were actually, we studied this together. Just one page before, All you have said, you shall die. You have spoken right, rightly. I have not seen your face again. This is Moses and Pharaoh really having a head-to-head in dialogue. Chapter 12, it's a different tone. And so when God spoke, but it is a direct dictate. It is to the Moses and Aaron, the leaders of this time. At this point, it doesn't say to the priesthood, or as we'll say further, what we say to our children. ha <laughs> chodesh this month we're now chapter 12 verse 2 hachodesh rishonu lachem <laughs> leChodesh hashana this is the month that will be your new first month for you of all of the months what could that mean? beginning yes a new beginning. of course take it in context of living in a foreign land
3: you'll be at odds with the culture correct
0: this month is your first of the month
3: it's this month is your first of
0: the month as <coughs> opposed to
3: <coughs> whatever their, their calendar
0: their calendar which was true in Egypt Aviv actually Aviv means spring Chodesh Aviv is what we're about to have But what in Babylon was the first of the year? In Babylonian context. Tishrei. Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, is a Babylonian start of the year. Yom Kippur, we we say Rosh Hashanah with the shofar is our first of the year. Kind of, kind of not. Chodesh HaAviv, this is the first of the month. This beginning of the spring.
2: What was the first month on the Egyptian calendar? So that's it was this one or a different
0: one? So that's the they don't want to say it. They don't want to say what their practice was. And Well, there there are two questions. One is that there's no, because the Nile's up and back, that they don't mark beginning, but they do have seasons. But I believe that it was back in the fall Mm -hmm. with the flood season and the beginning of how do we prepare for the flood season. So this is a marker to demarcate you from Egyptians, from Babylonians, because in the historical process, if this is a later interpretation, they're already in Babel. They're already in Ezra, Ezra and Babylonian, but let's just say for us here, this is how we mark our new year. The spring rites already like spring is in the third quarter. How do you tell your children? Ugh, Christmas, don't worry about it. <laughs> new Year's, I, I mean, my kids know this about me. They just think I'm a miser, but I don't do New Year's. I don't. We like we just watch movies. I don't stay up. I'm like Pyrrhic victory. But it is, in some ways, uh, kind of a separation for me and my... This is where I I celebrate this new year.
3: Don't all calendars from the beginning base their yearly cycle on agriculture?
0: So, no. Many do. I would say the French, when they tried to have the French Revolution, and they made the... (laughs) Right, and they changed each and every name. I I think that's exactly their... implicit response here. Certainly this has to do with the spring. Aviv means the budding ears of barley. So so the
3: French
0: do what? I don't uh, the French change from a Gregorian calendar that was based on the church, so the cult of reason tried to have a 10 month, a 10 year. You don't remember this? They changed the entire calendar to rip you away from the cycle of the saints and the cycle of of Christmas and the cycle of that becoming the New state. Year. The state did.
3: When did they do that? In 1789.
0: Okay. But it didn't work. <laughs> Clearly. Just as here they're saying, This is the first of your years. They are trying very much to say, This is how you operate your calendar, which for me, like Durkheim's famous law, If they're trying so hard to tell you what you're doing, something else is going on. Debru, el kol adat Yisrael lemor. So now you're getting this parallel structure again. What is the difference between vayomer and daber? One is this speech, parol, which also means commandment. Debru, aseret is also a dictate, command. The first one is Moses and Aaron from God. And this is, now verse 3, speak to the whole community of Israel. Dabru el kol adat Yisrael. What's, I just, this is a very subtle narrative shift. What's the shift?
2: Well, the phrase, isn't it words? It has to do it with specific command words them. as opposed right. Specific.
0: And now it's moving from Moses and Aaron to, hey, this is what we do. It's not telling you the priests, because I don't think this is in the time of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. It's not in the time of the rabbis. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a time of the rabbis. It's just what we do. Back to your challenge, last question. And I struggle with this now, because I've only, remember, disclaimer, calling a 20-second timeout for those listening to us. I've never done KI, a ritual calendar. So when we are closed for Passover, just that point, okay, that's what we do. Because de El Bnei Israel, this is what we mean. Right now I'm struggling and I'm doubling down on this because Shavuot, thinking about a Shavuot program, uh, you know, this is a major pilgrimage festival. By the way, Shavuot also used to be seven days. Because if you're going to go to Hawaii, you don't go for two days. You know what I mean? So Shavuot used to also be a seven-day festival. Trying to get a program, well, sorry, the office... Mm-hmm. The shows closed on Shavuot because, <laughs> because it's a holiday. <laughs> and the irony is palpable. Well,
4: it's strange. I, I just,
0: and yet, and yet, I can make the positive argument, I want you to be home. Now, a lot of synagogues aren't doing Friday night services uh, because they want people to encourage Shabbat in the home. This is a home. This is a domestic holiday, for sure. That change from a pilgrimage festival that you would go to Jerusalem to celebrate this in your homes. So, Dibru, verse 3. dabru el kol adat Yisrael. This is speaking to the whole community of Israel. So, in verse 1, it's a top-down. This is what God says to Moses and Aaron to tell the Israelites within the narrative. Shifting seamlessly to, hey, this is what we do. And this is how we do it. Now, I want you to hear uh, how different what they did is from what we do. On the 10th of this month, it doesn't even mark the month. Each, now it says, household gets a small lamb. That could be goat, it could be a lamb, Say is both. But each one is supposed to have a lamb. This is their personal kind of ritual. Ve'im if they're too small to have their own lamb. Now I'm on verse 4 hakarov Nefashot Ish al Let him share one with a neighbor who dwells in proportion to the people. Everybody could come together to form a household. I absolutely love this verse in regards to how we open our homes. Two things about this. In Leviticus, you know we have the same thing about poverty, that if someone can't afford a bull, they can take a lamb. If they can't have a lamb, they take a a turtle dove. Two turtle doves. (laughs) And if you can't have two turtle doves, no, a pigeon. And if it's not a pigeon, it's not matzah, but it's it's a wafer. That's about poverty. What is this about?
1: Community.
0: Right.
4: What's the word for household? in
0: Bite. House.
3: house. Yeah, Shalom, bite. Mm-hmm.
0: How big is your house?
3: Mm-hmm. How, how many can you accommodate?
0: How can you accommodate? How many? And if you don't have enough in your house, mm-hmm. I, it breaks my heart. You know when I hear when people do like a two-person mm-hmm. Seder? Mm-hmm. Breaks my heart. And some people choose to do it that way. They want to have like a one-on-one. And just think about how the Seder is based on a Greek symposia, which was eight around the table. You know this? The Greek symposia, you know, we lie to the left. Mm-hmm. I'm making a little aside here. This is not in this. This is about the Haggadah. We each lay like a symposia around a long kind of a triclinium, outdoor kind of place, in like in Rome or in Greece, and then each would have their young scholar lying with them spooning as the young student would ask the question and then the, the master would kind of back and forth these questionings. So there's really only room for eight. What the satyr does is take this very kind of intellectually erotic ritual, certainly in Greek time, highly erotic, and intellectualize it and turn it into a process of liberation. Genius. I still think it should be a little unctuous and fun and dipping and all that. But we turned it into a pediatric, somewhat, holiday about the children because we wanted to make this about our children and and parents and not scholar with their young Alchemides. Very, uh, I I should bet, Acolades, yeah. Interesting, huh? But that's a different story. And I'll just give you one last for those uh, that are interested. If you look up an afikomen, apikomen in Greek, was an all-night party. That was really going from house to house. And so what the rabbis did was change the apikomen to the afikomen. And the afikomen means no more eating. Let's sing, let's pray, let's study. He totally reconstructed it.
3: It's a protest
0: against the culture which we're going to get to in a second.
3: What's the expression that is the the culture of the community um, the rules of the community Minhog. So this is the origin of the minhog, really with no. the the individuality and the changing of the calendar and the it's menha- minhag of the, of the different communities
0: of Judaism. Well, so that's interesting because you would say, I would say the, the verse, dina d'malchuta dina, the law of the land is the law. That is one principle here. Mm-hmm. This is minhag that takes precedence over other. And I would argue, Judith, it's exactly the opposite because everybody's doing... The, the reason the law is being so clear of this is what you must do is because this isn't what people were doing, and why weren't people in Egypt sacrificing lambs? Anybody? What is the it's lamb? An Egyptian god, wasn't it? God. Correct. Yes, this was a form of God. So to be able to do this culturally, so it's saying, "I want you to fly in the face," which is why, for me, Chris Maka. And the kind of happy holidays experience for me, it's like no. This is what we do. We conserve oil. We publicize that we don't do these things, and and at the same time, I sang Christmas carols growing up in high school. So it's not that I uh, and I went to my son's performance and I do these things, but it is setting us apart and trying to include us together because we're going to read in a second how uh, complicated it is to be a people apart simultaneously by welcoming in the stranger, by including them in this feast.
4: But the stranger is the Israeli stranger.
0: Isn't it? No, not necessarily. Uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. I know, that's where we jump. And yes, in other iterations of this, it says explicitly uh, that you cannot have the uncircumcised come into your home on this day. This is for, this Pesach is only for? for our, people.
4: This is our people.
0: That is one iteration.
3: So... Does this holiday then reinforce the chosen people concept?
0: Depends how you use it. Depends how you do it. And we know there are satyrs and there are satyrs. Mm-hmm. There can be a time, I mean, the, the narrative itself is protect yourself, watch out. We're going to get to the mezuzah and, and putting on the lintel well, and but
4: the pasap. God not be chosen when the next sentence about putting the blood on the doorpost,
2: you know. Right?
4: It I'll separates. Pass over, God will pass over those that do. But who's and choosing, those that who's that choose
2: choosing it 's the person putting the blood that's
4: yeah, choosing. But that that 's our people, and God is acknowledging that we are a people
0: so then I challenge well, perhaps, or i 'm challenging you there 's somebody who 's in this era of rav who 's in this mixed multitude who 's asking, "Where do I go? What do I do? Oh my God, I love like you know my housekeeper, she lives in my house she she knows the the seder ritual better than my mom and how to clean out the house and put up the paper. If the storm is coming right. In or out.
4: Right.
0: That's my question, David. In or out.
4: Well, I think the in is an opt in. And I think that may very well be if you may not be a people of Israel, but if you opt in to be a people of Israel, that's fine.
0: So uh, we're gonna see it explicitly. They opt in, but they're still not people of Israel. They're strangers among you their ger veto so
4: that...
0: conversion is a later thing that says okay you can either choose but once you choose you're my people or you're not my people there's a middle category here
4: yeah but isn't that what's the start, isn't this the start of that ability?
0: well let's read cuz i yeah, because i believe leviticus has a more strict in or out you cannot have the uncircumcised in your midst within this passover seder that's one tradition and I would say that's much on the Sherba Harbanu, the people apart. But here That'd we're going to read by... this, though.
4: That would be much later.
0: Not much, and some would say that this source material, that the Levitical, that the Levitical is actually. Uh, uh, the last 7th century before the common era that was trying to crystallize a ritual that separated. Why? Back to this Durkheim's law. If you're trying so hard to say something is one way, it's another. So there are mixed multitudes. I'm just saying there are multiple ways to look at what does it mean to separate
4: would you look at this and say the uncircumcised would not be
1: welcome into your
0: house? Not in this context, in this but in context, another. But in another, yes, another context, absolutely. And in the sidur, yes. So Sometimes, the uncircumcised the
4: is not going to be saved.
0: When D- makes, you're not hearing me. Again, one strata would say that. You're either in or out. And if you want to join my people, you must convert that way. But there are plenty, and I would say the majority of the context in Exodus and in Deuteronomy is talking about the air of Rav as a positive light. There are two sides to our tradition. Rashi is very explicit. Only two? Well, right. (laughs) Fair enough. Four children. (laughs) And so I'm saying you could could take it both ways. But let's go back to this text because I think it is... Yes? Rabbi, just a
1: quick question. Yes? You mentioned putting paper up. Ah, the
0: yeah. So there is this michirata Hametz, the selling of uh, your chametz, mm-hmm. which technically you can't do day of because you already mm-hmm. did. Sorry. You already did your Bidikat Hametz, uh, You're searching for chametz. You're allowed to keep flour in your home for the week as long as you separate it, isolate it to the side, and make a clear what designation. It,
3: has it always been that way.
0: It was a het there from a very early on. Yeah, because because they don't want to lose all that grain. If you literally, literally have to, I mean, last week my kids have been going crazy for their lunches because I'm like getting less and less. But here, let's go back to this
1: text.
0: Thank you. The lamb should be without blemish, a yearling male. You can take it from sheep or goats. You should keep watch over it till the 14th day.
2: Why might that
0: be? From the new moon to this... Why would you need to watch it? In case someone makes a libation over it, someone does something to it. This is a ritual sacrifice, which is brilliant because what it's moving you from is the cultic worship at the temple to an opportunity to do a home barbecue. This is very different. This is very different than go to your priest, make the pilgrimage, give them money, they will make the offering. This is saying each household, do your barbecue from the beard to the tail, roasted. And all Kol kahal adat Yisrael ben harbain should do this at twilight. This is moving from David, a centralized institution with a priesthood, to a domestic operation where each household represents, but they all have to do it at the same time.
2: This is on the eve of leaving Egypt. What, so when is
0: <laughs> okay? So that the narrative has kind of confused you because it started with this is Moses and Aaron, and it's right after this dialogue, and then it's going to pick up that narrative right after. The, Israel, the Egyptians in verse 33, the people bowed low in homage, uh, verse uh, 27. So the narrative picks right back in, but I think it's extracted. I think this section is trying to say, and this is exactly how it happened.
1: <laughs>
0: Ben-Arbaim, everybody's doing this ritual slaughter. But just now, think about Hanukkah of putting up those candles. And saying, I do this when everybody else does something else. Again, if this, the Babylonian or even Egyptian ritual was to worship this living goat. Could you imagine in India, for example, you know, if you like hit a cow by accident in a car, they can pull you over from your car and really be, God forbid. Mm-hmm. But what we do on this is like going to India in the middle of, you know, the Ganges right on the side and being like, hey, everybody, Barbecue. It's a very powerful, and each home doing it. And then, Adam, Now, this is very important for. for, for uh, I have a, a different interpretation. You should take some of the blood and put it on two doorposts and the lintel, Al Habatim Asher Yochlu Otam, on the lintel of the houses which they're to eat it. What does it look like? When you look at it in the Charlton Heston movie, what do they do? Mm-hmm. What is it supposed to be as a, a sign? So what, what does it look like? Just in your imagination, what do they do?
3: They paint the outside of the door. but
0: They paint it. It's almost yeah. like they give a Zorro paint or sign. a Jewish stuff, like a, a marker. Mm-hmm. Let's look closely at what this does.
3: Doesn't it say it should be really on the inside of the
0: door? It needs to be on both on both sides on both posts and on the lintel that are on all of your houses so now what is it outside and inside what well, it's saying the two door posts but it's got to be coated, not the door
3: the door the surrounding
0: the door jam. you ready for a little conspiracy theories guys What's the 10th plague?
2: Death of the firstborn.
0: And not just the firstborn males, but uh, children, animals, and all of their stock. What happens before that? Palpable darkness. Then there's locusts. But it all starts with the dumb. This blood. Blood in the rivers. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, my conspiracy theory... Now, you can watch one of these discovery channels on this. We are talking about a cataclysmic methane gas leak that begins in the Nile. That makes the oxidizes the water. That makes it become extremely that algae bloom. That turns extremely uh, red during that methane gas. It begins to creep up. That kills the frogs, so they all come out. And then from the frogs dying massively to the lice, lice causes this this animal beastly uh, sickness that moves to boils that ultimately the hail is actually coming from this cataclysm that has changed this microclimate and the final methane leak is so powerful that anything that is not sealed, it seeps. And so where the firstborn children and the firstborn stock were always on the lowest floor because they had you know, Greg Brady's room. You know, he, he got the best room in the house.
4: I also watched in a documentary that it's, it may be connected to the eruption of the volcano in Santorini.
0: Yes, so, so the Santorini. And that hailstorm.
4: And all the aftermath uh, aftershocks. So,
0: so you thing. could imagine the these... Aisle. Yes, and so you could or imagine it. that the leak, a methane leak, yes. combined from a cataclysmic earthquake so that the Santorini, that are both fiery and hail could absolutely become this, this, but I don't want to explain Assuming it. This
2: happened. Assuming they were Jews in Egypt. But
0: yes. Which I, which I which I, I do believe historically has merit. Were they slaves in the way we talk yep. about? But now I'm getting far away. So now let's go back to this. Now, what is blood medically? What does it do? Life. Life. Okay. Life. What? It carries oxygen, but what is it? It coagulates Coagulate. and seals.
2: So you thought this was to seal the door?
0: That's my theory.
3: Do they have a date for that eruption in Santorini? Yes. About when was it? So they. And you know, the amazing thing there was that the people in Santorini got out.
0: Well, it yeah because I think the, they, they knew it was coming and the aftershocks were very powerful so this is that it could really affect all the way there so now I'm going to get away with my Narschkei theories but that blood why it's so important to seal your house was because this yeah you're really sealing in or out and this is a moment and what did the rabbis do they turned it into a cultural moment an occultic moment. But, Mike, and
4: everything we see yes. later on is blood-oriented, putting blood on the ear, on the finger, on the right hand. It's the life force. It, yes. Aren't you over-reading this? Isn't it logical <laughs> that you put blood... If you're saying, I'm a separate... Oh, I love
0: blood. that. Finish that statement. Isn't it logical that you and put if blood... You're a separate
4: people that you reach for the blood, which is so emblematic of life... And put it on some way to identify yourself as a separate people. What else would you reach? You're not reaching for jam or jelly. You're. you're this is the most important.
0: <laughs> world. I I don't know. Isn't it okay? Lo- let's just ask. Let's ask our students here. Like, isn't it logical that you would put up blood on a this door? Is an
2: event. I don't this know is what to in to logic, logic anyway. Right. This, this, this is, is the book. Is not about death. logic. This is not a
4: holiday. This is separation. And if you're not separate. You die. So I'm going to reach for the s- source of what is that protects us. And that's-
0: I do think there's a logic that says I'm going to take your idol. I'm going to murder it. I'm going to use it as a symbol of my people that I took your symbol of life and put it on my,
3: yeah.
0: my door, which is why the mezuzah. But, what did we do as the rabbis? See, I think more logic is you have Torah, you symbolize that Torah in a mezuzah, that's a scroll, Mm -hmm. and you put that scroll up, that makes more sense to me. The blood...
4: It can not identify you. What do you mean? The Torah can identify you. This
0: identifies you. The mezuzah doesn't identify your home? Yes, it does.
2: Well, we didn't...
0: And the mezuzah... Yeah. We we don't have a Torah. It's like like going into a cul-de-sac.
1: Which is going to get us nowhere. <laughs> I mean, you can argue
0: over all of this, but the
1: more intellectual you get, the, the less. You, the more you lose the spiritual. Here of, we are. Of the blood. You mean? I think the blood is the blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story tells the story. Tell I go back, back to
2: it. A- to me, it's more like Abraham and a conversation with God, because yes. this is part of, in a sense, we're saying to God, "We hear you." And then God is responding by saying, "I hear you, hearing me," which is kind of like Hineni in Abraham.
3: You can't deal with beliefs with logic. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really. Right. Not all of them. Some of okay. them you can. But but logic and belief systems are often apart. Yes. So, so let, let me just, just
0: let's let's then let's re spiritualize. Right. I have to choose in this moment to do this ritual, to represent my place within this people. Yes. And I take some of this blood and I cover my lentil and I have to eat and all the houses where we're going to have it, meaning we do this and we must eat that flesh the same night. They must eat it roasted with, and then it says, al must yochluhu." They must do it roasted unleavened and bitter herbs this combination and I don't want to take us away but the boiled kid remember you're not allowed to boil a kid in its mother's milk this the boiling is very important that we don't boil but roast that's our form on this fire must be don't eat it raw Don't do it with water. It must be the whole head, medium, toes, over the fire.
4: So, uh, we we roast it because we don't want to use water, because water means lemon
1: bread?
0: Perhaps. I think it's just other cults would boil, would purify. Other cults would also eat meat raw. Other cults would eat blood we're showing all of these ways that we don't do it but it's also head to toe we know this in many cults they take the liver to analyze what is right and what is wrong this is very very ancient pieces exactly but that's not how we do this I love this you shall not leave any of it over till morning if any of it is left you should burn it what it's telling you is this is not a holiday that lasts you know put it in the fridge you can have the bar mitzvah cake for months <laughs> afterwards no Balayla Hazay, it's a public outdoor ritual you can imagine all the barbecues that are happening in each of the households and then we must eat it and you can't leave it till morning and if you do entirely
4: I have a theory. Mm. Once you burn it, the smell goes out to the entire city. And you're demonstrating the God that they worship. Um, yes. You're old.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. So you protest. No. It is you a pro. Become, it... You act and become the entities of the culture you're surrounding. Yes. So. I was once in Dakar, Senegal, before aid. Uh-huh. which is the end of Ramadan, where they have a feast and they slaughter goats. And in the streets <coughs> there were all of these goat markets. And you would go around and you would hear the bleeding of goats mm-hmm. everywhere. There were allegedly 600,000 Jewish men, at least. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of households. Can you imagine the noise oh. that night of all of those goats and sheep being slaughtered? And, and the reason they're so... smell it. Yeah. And you
3: smell the roasting. Yeah. Well, you have to accept that if you're going to eat meat, you're going to have to slaughter the animal.
0: Right. But Something we don't consider when we go to the right. market and we get prepackaged. And-
2: but your point that this is not in the temple but in the home yeah. and shared among families and you share with others and they share with you turns it into a whole other thing.
3: Yeah. And by the way... <sighs> Goats don't have lambs. Goats have kids. I know, that's right. sheep I mean. have lambs. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, not be goats.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: It's giving it's giving the variety. It's giving optionality. So
3: you can do either one, a kid <coughs> or
0: within the, at least within this. But now the irony you can't have lamb. You're not supposed to yeah. eat lamb at all. Yeah.
3: Why?
0: Because we don't want to make too close an association that I'm reliving this ritual. Rabbis, yes, the rabbis distance you from so many of these traditions. Why? Because they don't want you to think you can do this DIY. This is my theory. They don't want DIY Judaism.
2: So for the whole duration of Passover, you're not supposed to have lamb.
0: Um, Certainly not for the Seder. No, you can eat eat lamb. But the Seder can't be represented by this lamb to think that you are doing the barbecue yourself. They don't want you to become a priest. Even though I think in Exodus right here, they're saying DIY. This is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing... What?
2: This is how they did it back then.
0: Right. But there was no temple. This. Pre... Although, historically speaking, this context of Exodus, some say this narrative structure is actually post exilic. Much later. Because they're looking back. Written this
4: much later, or actually took
0: place much later? Written much later. What took oh, place yeah. was much before. But listen just how, con- not confusing, but just how different it is from what we do. This is how you should eat it, verse 11. <laughs> you should have which is a belt. You've got to have your fanny pack on. You've got to be ready to go. You've got to have sandals on your feet. Now, in a biblical context, why is that very important? What do you usually do? What did Moses do when he saw the burning bush? What did the priests do? Would they wear shoes? You take your shoes off. So, Mark, to the spiritual context of this, we have to be doing this hurried, rushed feast of presence and opportunity in the same breath. I just, my narrow straits, my PT, my, the trauma of having to leave and needing to flee and also staying present and adamant in my ritual, is the spring festival crisis opportunity combined in the same moment I have to be both totally prepared to move and change my entire life and absolutely committed to being here and present for my family and for my community and celebrate all night long knowing that I have to be packed and ready to go
4: Isn't there a disconnect between being packed and ready to go ASAP and the way my grandparents did a Seder, which started
1: at 5 p.m. and ended at 1 a.m.?
0: At midnight. Yeah, I think we live that irony. I think we must live that irony. It's It's similar to the irony of Sukkot. You have this temporary structure... You're supposed to know how fragile it is. But then we make these elaborate meals. I mean, if you look at my Seder table, it is not a to-go, hurried, rushed event. And yet, what else is it trying to do spiritually to make you? I mean, I thought about this. Has anybody gone to LACMA? I think it's at LACMA where you have a virtual reality immigrant experience where you can walk through the deserts with the coyotes. It's supposed to be somewhat powerful to try to put you in that experience. You're having a feast, walking through like you're about to be a refugee. You're leaving on this day. How different is that than the you must recline? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: By the way, are you literally the rabbis just to this point? Why don't we anymore? You lean to the left. You got a pillow. Do you lie down? No, you're not allowed. The rabbis are so worried you're gonna turn it into a Greek or intellectual symposia. No. You can't do these very things. That's why brisket became so important because lamb could have been a could have been quite something. And your staff in your hand, in the staff in your hand, you've got to eat it bepazon. You've got to eat it hurriedly.
4: Are you saying that, that God is saying that I'm about—you're going to identify, and everybody unidentified, I'm about to strike down, but you better be prepared to get out because the retribution is coming immediately? Is that why this is written, that eat hurriedly, dress, get your sandals on? Are they saying to the Jews— You just got to get out of here quickly. Is that is that what this is about?
0: I think it is a happening. It's a kind of cosmic event that's forcing you to both say, "Here I am. We've made it," but at any moment I got to leave.
4: But I got to leave because the Egyptians are going to realize what's happened. Because and they're going to come after me.
0: Because Exodus is leaving Egypt, not just having that rebellious moment.
4: No, it is out. I'm leaving. I'm getting dressed, and I'm going to eat, and I'm
0: going to go. I remember, yeah, I remember when I was little, my dad always, you know, he wanted to have dinner with us every night, but he traveled a lot. I always remember when that roller bag, they didn't have roller bags then, but that extra roller was there at the door.
1: Right.
0: And he put on an extra T-shirt or something to make sure his suit didn't get the... I knew, and he's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm with you. You know, the, the interesting thing about this whole section is from uh, the mythological foundation, the beginning of beginnings, the way
1: it's all compressed in these uh, pictures, that yes. is Yes. absolutely profound from separating by custom from the land, being sacrificed,
0: being present, and... and And to your point, that's exactly what it says. I will go through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn in the land, man and beast. And there will be punishments to all the gods of Egypt. You better be ready. Do something bold. Be radical. Get ready for that consequence. Gird yourself. And eat in haste. This is also why you can't leave over any till it's morning. So this is to your, your ancestors. You talk all night, you can't eat balalaha hoo, you can't eat some people are like, oh my god, we didn't eat till midnight. Yeah. But you're also not allowed to do it all morning. It's not a luxurious moment. Hurry up and invest. Like hurry up and take your time. Hurry up and get deep. It's a radic push pull.
1: Yeah, and it says eat matzah and maror and bitter herbs, so that both things were there. But my question is: okay, the, the Israelites were afraid of; uh, they got to leave before the Egyptians found out and they were going to kill them. But someplace later, it says the Egyptians gave gold. Right the, in this
0: narrative, yes.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't; th- those things seem contradictory to me.
0: Yeah. That, some say that that was one of the miracles.
1: <laughs> that they gave gold. Right. They
2: and they thought Moses them. was a genius. Right. They borrowed right. it. In air quotes.
0: And then we used that gold to, to make the temple. Gold. To make the Mishkan.
2: You brought up kind of historical things about the methane gas.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well, that's a cockney. are about all the
2: historical things that everything, the myth or the, or the, or the Torah was based on. So you're saying that you know, these things could have happened and they created the symbolism to def- to write it down and define it, not based on the historical record, but
0: the mythic capital M, which always has pieces of history to
1: it. Yeah, the reconstructionist Agata the second to third page says, Did it really happen? And really answers it and says it doesn't make okay. any difference. It's the principles and the morals that come out of it, that is the most important thing, whether it was true or not is irrelevant. I mean, that's one point of view, clearly. So
0: back
3: to the ask, beginning.
1: Don't, this don't is, ask
3: that question at an orthodox yeah, center. <laughs> yeah,
1: well,
0: what God <laughs> that said <is> to <laughs> Moses and Aaron <laughs> happening. Did it happen? Oh, it's happening. Yeah, oh, it's on. It. It's on. It's on right now. It's on in every family. It's on just for us all so focused. If I didn't talk about the Passover tonight, and this is why the Torah portion this week is this story. So, this day now, and this day now, I'm on verse 14, chapter 12. And so, on this day, for you will be a memory, and you shall celebrate it, a festival to God, for all generations, forever and ever, hukat olam. That means throughout now. the ages. What's now going back to that first context? This is a different strain. Yeah.
4: this was not written contemporaneously.
0: It's all part of one tapestry, but I see a very different flow here. This is a Chag. And a Chag is a different thing than what this uh, home ritual is designated.
3: What is a Chag? What, a what oh, festival. Oh, okay.
0: And this is the festival. This is to your K.I. is closed. Because we have both. The sanctuary should be a place where we have all who come. And there is a community seder, and we do a woman seder, and God will. See, it's also Easter Saturday next year, too, so I don't know this community well enough. I do think we are mandated to have a community seder. From this. For every generation, this is forever and ever, which means, you know what, frankly, you're seeing right now, every generation does it differently. That's why you have to say, this is how we do it. We've always done it this way, and it'll always be this way. Meaning, it wasn't always this way. We do it differently. And they were doing it, you know, with the Paschal lamb was the major, the minor was the matzah. Now, Shivat yami matzo 7 days of matzah you should eat 7 days you eat unleavened bread remove leaven from your houses whoever eats leaven from the 1st to the 7th that person is cut off from Israel very different strain This is a negative prohibition. It moves from the Paschal lamb being the major issue to fluffy and matzah. Matzot originally are, you know, basically tortilla. They're easy to make. They're quick. You can get them out so that when more people are coming, it's easier to make. But now, this is actually the ritual. You've got to clear it out. Do not eat leaven, sourdough. This was easy in San Francisco, that sourdough starter. Get the starter out. There's a negative prohibition, but then you must positively eat matzot. And this is... Yes?
4: Is it, is it, does this indicate to you that the author, the narrative, is being written in this... Fourteen. Later, saying this event took place years ago, and we're going to commemorate this event. It's not going to be—you're not going to eat in seven seconds and get out of that. Right. House. Now you really have to look back and think about what this means, and you're going to take seven days and you're going to celebrate what this was.
0: Right. And instead of going. Uh, instead now of being we want
4: you to think we want you to sit back and think about this
0: And then moving from the Paschal lamb, the Egyptian metaphors, the passing over and the plagues, we're moving it to back to the agriculture where we're clearing out our leaven, we're spiritually desouuffling. I am trying to see what I am out without all of my puff and my fluff. And for seven days, you've got to remove this leaven from your houses. And also, too, communally, this one is not saying, come, come, you want to sit? You make a choice. This is another, you know, uh, you're either in or you're out. If you don't not eat leaven, meaning a negative prohibition of leaven, you can't be part of this. However, positively for the Jew, they have to eat matzah. You can't just not eat matzah. Similar argument to being a vegetarian and co- kosher. They say, no, you're not kosher, Micah, when I was a vegetarian. Because you don't separate milk and meat. You just don't eat either.
3: There has to be an active.
0: So, right. So then the, those that are witnessing, and this is true of my housekeeper. My housekeeper knew when I was growing up, she didn't bring in her you know, tamale or anything. She wouldn't bring in any of her food in our house. She knew. She didn't positively eat matzah. That's how you know that someone, a stranger within your midst, is aware of your culture and aware of your tradition. Just like your guest, your non Jewish guest, is going to show up, I mean, maybe with an Easter egg at your plate, reference to Steve <laughs> Carr Rubin, a beautiful thing. But not showing up a fluffy dough. Oh, I got you, a, you know,
2: fruitcake. But there's two very different things here. Yes? The one thing is. The eating of unleavened bread. And then removing it from your house is a whole other type of activity, an emotional thing, a I mean, purification kind of a.
0: They're complementary. And I would say, spiritually, this is there is freedom from and freedom to. It is not enough simply for me not to drink, mm. uh, eat. Uh, I try spiritually to see what I'm like without coffee. Mm not so easy. (laughs) (laughs) But then with that... What is the positive actions that I am taking? What are the healthy moves? This is why these diets that you just drink uh, paprika and lemon water, <laughs> it's mashugi to me. <laughs> if you don't also do these positive things of incantations of spiritual reflection. It's not a resoufflé, it's a desouffle and, and a moving forward. But let's, I just want to say really clearly. On this day, I brought you out of Egypt. Observe the feast at Hamatzot. This is now not called Pesach. It's called Et Hamatzot. You should observe the unleavened bread day. Do you see how radical this is just when we're reading this?
3: It's already switched.
0: It's already switched. Yes?
3: We we generally celebrate the first and second day of Passover... Is that
0: prescribed anywhere? No. Later on, <laughs> a whole second day yuntif is a whole long Michigan Russia shana, yes. yes. Apart from that, two days. But the other. Now
3: what about the last day of penitence? It's right here.
0: Yeah, I'll give you a great Kaplan eights. quote. Do you know what the Kaplan quote is on this? He says, second day of like wiping yourself off with a wet towel." <laughs> that was his opinion. But I love that. So. But just listen to what the new explanation is. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's the rationale. You're eating it because I brought you out of the land. What was it just a page ago? Oh. I struck down every firstborn in Egypt, and I killed their gods. Radically different. I think radically different. Two sides of the same story. One is the punishment meted out. The other is the liberation story, the freedom that we're leaving to. In the first month, the 14th day of the month at evening, this is why you didn't eat till like almost midnight. And then until the 21st day of the month at evening. Do you see how they're repeating it now? I'm on verse 18. They're trying to turn this into a seven-day festival. The first story that we had just a few verses ago was about a sunset slaughter, a midnight feast, don't last till morning. And this is saying, no, 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 it's Coachella. It's not just a concert. It's going to be a whole weekend. It's going to be seven days. In fact, it's going to be from the 14th till the 21st day of the month at evening. How clear is it? That's why that eighth day of Passover is so much That extra day. I, I struggle with this every year. Even in Israel, the more traditional Americans who live in diaspora, who live in Israel, they're supposed to keep the diasporic eighth day. Now everybody else is celebrating and finally eating back to the fluffy, and you're like, one more day. <laughs> Listen how beautiful this is, though. Let's, let's finish here.
1: Which
0: verse? Uh, 19. So no leaven should be found in your houses for seven days. Whoever eats what is leavened, that person is cut off community of Israel. David, listen. Whether he's a stranger or a citizen. Which means, you can be a non-Jew or a non-Israelite. And part of this community, just don't eat the fluff. And it's says,
4: country, it doesn't say
0: mm. eh, Ah. Haaretz, Ezra Haaretz is, country is already a nationalist nomer. Haaretz is, for me, field. Area. Field.
4: So it's not Egypt?
0: No. I think this is where it's in Babylonia and diaspora, wherever they may be. And even maybe Eretz Israel itself. What,
2: but, Mike, yes.
4: what do you think the word stranger really means here? Is it is it the non-Jew? Is it It's sort of interesting when you look at this, we separate ourselves, here we're incorporating the stranger, and we're saying to the stranger, do what we want of you, and you'll be in our community.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a powerful political spiritual metaphor. To the, to those, right,
4: member of the community here, if if you do what we want you to do whether you're circumcised or but not. But
0: there's a middle but there's a middle ground here, which is just don't do these things and you can be included in our thing. I'm not telling you you must eat the matzah. I think it's very it's, it's a very you shall be cut off on verse 15 it says. You'll be cut off if you do if these you things. Eat the lemon bread. Right. But if you but as a as a Jew, as an Israelite, I must eat the matzah. They never mention yeah.
3: women.
0: But again, who is the people, stranger? people. I I, I think but it's I very, yes. The
3: circumcision is the
0: and, measure. But I would say the matzot and the baking, it's very important. In all your settlements, bechol matzot. You can't just go green. You have to eat this matzah. And it's a symbol of both rushed and hurriedness and also feast. It is a disoufflé spiritually, but it's also this... Reminds us of the, Paso- the, the lamb and the maror that we ate. Just that, it's the Jewish Madeleine uh, quoting Proust. That if you can have one element of it, it brings you all the way back. And not transubstantiation. Truly, truly to that experience of Egypt.